I was doing my devotion one morning, and I came across this passage. So I will be sharing on, on that with you. But one of the things I was kept thinking about is that, you know, God has been good to us despite COVID. Despite of what happened, God's been good to us. I know some of you may go through a tough time, but God's still good. You know, we may not understand why certain things happen, but God knows exactly what he's doing. Because, <laughs> because one of those things, you know, I read the Bible quite a few times. It's like, you know, God could have choose a way to put, you know, transport Jonah to the direction where he's supposed to be, but yet he allowed a fish to swallow him. I just don't get it. But he does what he does because he knows what he's doing. And so the, um, the passage I'm going to read for you today, uh, it's, it's found in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Um, I'm, I'm going to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to focus on just a few verses. And that uh, if you have a, your Bible, if you can follow with me, that would be great. It says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonian in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance in faith in all the persecution and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence from God's judgment is right. As a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you when you are troubled and you too as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in the blazing fire with his powerful angel. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of God and from the majesty of his power. And one day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled among all those who have believed. This include you because you have believed in our testimony to you. And with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours, every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified in you and in him according to the grace and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, speak to me and that you would bless your people as we gather here. Father God, we know you know your people better than me. And uh, God, I just pray that the word I speak will be from you and that your people will be blessed. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. And, you know, I, I actually struggle <laughs> to come up with a, <laughs> a title for this message. Well, thank God, you know, God knows when you need help and somebody helps you. So I had some help, which is really, which is okay, because sometimes God may give you a message, but you don't really know how to start it. So I think the best title uh, that was uh, given to me, and it, it's, the, it's the idea, do not give up. Because, or keep the faith, if you want to put it in a positive way. Because as you can tell, because this is a church that's being under persecution. Now, I don't know about you. <laughs> persecution is not fun. Persecution is not fun. Sometimes persecution, you got to leave your house and you don't know when you're going to come back. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Now, and Paul was the one who established that church. And I can tell you, you know, when you're establishing a church, doing persecution, that's really tough. And, and as I read that passage one time, I was doing my devotion, I asked myself this question. You know, I know I go to church every Sunday. I know who God is, but <laughs> am I ready for persecution? <laughs> if something happened and because of my faith I have to leave, am I willing to leave everything behind? and just run with my clothes and perhaps my wallet if I could. Because during time of persecution, you may not be able to run with much. <laughs> because sometimes persecution is just about, you know, saving your life. And so as I was thinking about this and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we have great privilege in the United States to worship God. But is that guarantee? I don't know. Things can change. And we see that the, the culture has changed. Therefore, we must, you know, serve God. We must follow God in a way that if or when persecution come, I should say, <laughs> that we're able to stand. You know? Because, you know, Thessalonica was the, you know, was the capital. Um, it was the, one of the largest city of province in Macedonia. And that particular city, as I read, there was a highway that go from that city to, you know, all connected uh, Asia and Rome. And also because that city was a coastal city, there was a lot of transaction from the coastal. So both lands and the sea. So this city was good for business. And it was one of the wealthiest city in the province at the time. And so a lot of prosperity at the time but at the same time it was a city that was a lot of people can come and go you can imagine with people coming and going they bring their culture they bring their false god they bring their false religion so now the church in Thessalonica was basically exposed to those things and kind of somehow facing some challenges and in the, in, in, in the uh, Paul journey in Acts uh, chapter 17, verse uh, 5 to 9, it, show, it, it tells us that when Paul was there preaching the gospel, <laughs> he was not welcome. I mean, he didn't, I guess after his first sermon, he has to run 
Perhaps if he had finished the sermon, we don't know. Because what the Bible tells us that uh, in, in ch chapter 5, verse 9, and uh, Acts 17, he says, But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up so bad characters you know, from the marketplace and formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search for Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. Now, bring to, I don't know about you, nothing is exciting about a mob. <laughs> I don't know about you. Even if they bring a good message, I want one person to show up, not a mob. <laughs> so anyway, uh, when they did not find him, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city official shouting, these men who have caused the trouble all over the world now have come here and Jason has welcomed them into the, his house. And they all defying Caesar's decree saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city official were thrown into turmoil and they made Jason and other post bond and let them go. Now, think about this. You establish a church to the point where a mob rise up. You didn't do anything wrong, but to the point where it says they didn't find Paul. Somehow the word got to him and say, Paul, <laughs> there's a mob coming after you if you can you know, get yourself in a safe spot because these people, they're crazy. You don't know what they will do to you. Now, think about this. If Paul preached the message to them and they received the message, don't you think the same treatment would happen to them? Now, because if they know you actually, Paul prayed for you, you become a believer. Now, all of a sudden, you are exposed to persecution. That wasn't fun. That wasn't fun. Now, you know, in the first chapter, Paul, you know, he, he encouraged the church. He comforted the church because this is a church that started doing persecution. But, but, but Paul was also encouraging those, uh, those believers because he knows we can always learn something even when it's tough. When you, in persecution, God is still working. And that perseverance is a good thing. Perseverance is a good thing. And in uh, and, and the, and the second ep episode, he actually kind of boasts about the church. Now, Paul never boasts about anything but Christ. But for some reason, he found it very, very exciting to boast about this particular church because they do exactly what God God wanted them to do in time of persecution. Now, now, all we know, this wasn't a church that, you know, a lot of miracle happened, people raised from the dead, but that wasn't the case. It's because despite of all the persecution they faced, they didn't quit. They didn't quit. I think one of the things that's really fascinating is that they hold on to the word of God. They hold on to the faith in each other. Because I don't know about you, in time of persecution, you, you probably can't trust your own family. Because they might tell the crowd, where are you, <laughs> where are you hiding? 
<laughs> this is scary stuff. And it's all because of your faith. It's all because of your faith. Now, I don't know about you, certain country or certain places around the world, if you accept Jesus, you basically no good, you, you good as dead. You good as dead. So, it's amazing to me, these people received the message in a time where it's really tough, but yet they didn't quit. And I think Paul has a good reason why he boasts about the churches, because all we know that a lot of time, it's easy for people to stand by you when things are going good. <laughs> and and the, when things started shifting, guess what? <laughs> one by one, <laughs> they would leave. One by one. But for some reason, we know that even when people left, left us, God is always on our side. God is always on our side. One of the things that I, it, there's a few things that I came to realize when I read that passage Pers about persecution. Persecution draws us closer to God. It makes us come to a point where we, we have to look toward heaven and move forward. Because you can't go back, <laughs> especially if you're being chased from your house. If you come back, they're going to say, oh, she's back. The mob's going to come back at you again. So you can't, it puts you, put you in a position where you rely on God. And that's the best thing to do. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 20, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be, that, shall be added unto you. I think these people at the time understand that the only way for me to survive this persecution is to seek God and his kingdom. The protection that I need will be provided to me. The food that I need. Because can you imagine if somebody has a, a full-time job, all of a sudden they, <laughs> they are no-show <laughs> because they can't come back to work. They become a Christian. You have to rely on God to provide everything that you need. And Paul understands that very well, though. Paul understands that. In Philippians uh, 3, chapter Chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, he, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself have taken hold of it. But one thing I do is forgetting what's behind and straining forward what is ahead. And pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly word in Christ Jesus. Paul understand that. <laughs> Now, you would think that when they, you know, chased Paul out of the, that city, he would stop preaching. No. The next town, he did the same. If you, you, when you read the Bible to the point where they heard his news in the other town and they were coming at him. Because he knows I, can't, I come too far to quit preaching. <laughs> I can't stop. That's my life. I have to keep going. And the second thing that I, I, I also think about pers what persecution does to us is that it helps us as Christians build strong characters. You know, we build spiritual muscles. I don't know about you. We serve a big and powerful God. We'll be, I mean, when we come, when get to his presence to realize what he's about to do, 
you'll be like, man, I, 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 wish I, I, I wish I had allowed him to do more because he can do more. Because God can do a lot of things that you can't even imagine in your life if you allow him. I mean, some of the things that you see in the Bible, I mean, the way God used people, it wasn't anything about these folks. It was all about God and what he's capable to do. You know, because if I, if I serve a big God and powerful God, I want to be just like my dad. <laughs> I don't know about you. I want to be big and powerful, but I want him to do it through me. And the way God does those things is sometimes is by trial and tribulation. I don't know why he chose this, but sometimes when you have nothing else to hold on, <laughs> you know there's a God you can call upon. And, it, and in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it said, Not only also we glory in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. You and I today are following the Lord because we have hope. You know, <laughs> we have a hope. We have a future. The future is endless. And that's why we follow him. And the third thing that happened during persecution, you know, persecution provides an opportunity for us to comfort those who are struggling. Now, think about all these people who had to flee for their lives. Guess who's going to give them shelter? Who's going to give food to them? All the believers. Who's going to welcome them, care for them? Because that's what God wants us to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, he says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort of we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, we also comfort abound to Christ. So basically, you know, God comforts us in our suffering. So therefore, we should do the same for those who are experiencing trial and tribulation and persecution. And, um, you know, persecution sometimes, people, you know, people can see someone going through a tough time and they think, well, they bring that upon themselves. Well, that not necessarily. Sometimes... When you and I encounter some persecution, some tough time, that is an indication we're doing the right thing. <laughs> it's not because, I know a lot of people that I talk to, they tell me, did I sin against God? And I'm like, just stop it. <laughs> if you sin against God, you'll know it, and God will tell you. Don't think about that. A lot of time when things happen, uh, we don't know. Because just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who was a missionary down in Haiti. You know, they sent some bad guys to, to destroy his property. And he showed me the video. He was crying. I said, look, they, the reason they do that, they're trying to scare you. Because if they could attach you, they would. <laughs> because the other form they could have used to eliminate you, they can't. I said, whatever they destroy... God can rebuild it because God has sufficient 
<laughs> you know, a lot of money, which we can't even count. A lot of resources. Now, persecution is inevitable because the Bible tells us that, that in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. <laughs> will be persecuted. That's a fact. Now, persecution came in all shapes of form. But one of the things that we need to know is that this is something that the enemy, his design is to make us quit. Is to make you keep quiet and quit. That's all he wants. Because when they chase Paul out of the city, it's because they want him to stop preaching the message. And somehow he refused. You know, he can't help it. And um, persecution is something that you and I need to be prepared for because we know that this is something that can happen at any time. Now, COVID-19 was something that affected the whole, the entire world. But I think COVID-19 was a spiritual attack against the church. It was a spiritual attack. <laughs> because if you, if you look at this, there's been people who used to attend church who don't attend church anymore. For some reason, the enemy got them where he exactly wanted them to be, which is sad, though. Now, we know that we serve a God who's bigger than COVID-19. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend. He said, <laughs> I was telling him how very few people now come to church because they don't want to get the virus. They don't want to get sick. And I told him, look, man, I take the vaccine not because I trust the doctors, but I trust God to protect me. I, I take the vaccine because it's the right thing to do, but my trust my, of my protection and my life is in God. Because he was telling me that people don't come to church, but they go to the bank. I'm thinking to myself, if you can get COVID-19 at the church, you're going to get it to the bank too, because we got people at the bank. And I tell them the, the problem is a lot of people don't trust God enough to step in faith, knowing that, okay, I know the virus is there, but I'm going to go in faith because I need to come and worship God. I believe God will protect me. Now, persecution is a lot different than COVID-19. Persecution is a lot different than COVID-19. And I had to ask myself this question. Is the church in the United States ready to face persecution? Real persecution because of your faith. Are we ready to face something like that? And, and I think we, we, we read quite a few times in the church here about the church in Iran. How they preparing themselves for when that happened. Are we doing that today in the United States? Because I think to myself... During COVID-19, especially now, more people should have come to church and seek protection from God, seek help from God. Because we know that, okay, this virus is, is mutating. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. But we know we serve a God who walked with us in fire. 
in the storm, in the flood, he is our protector. He is our healer. Therefore, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. When I, when I go to a place, I know I'm going to meet people. I say, God, protect me. Protect, give me the protection that I need. Somebody may have the virus walk past me. I don't care. Why? Because I claim God's protection over me. <laughs> I claim God's protection over me. Now, how can we survive persecution and trial? Because if it's something that, that is inevitable, how can we survive? And the first thing I think is to have perseverance in the faith. When things are, I, I have to tell you this, <laughs> as, the, as Christ's return is approaching, <laughs> people need to persevere more and more and more. Instead, what we're seeing is that people are shrinking from the faith. They're shrinking more and more. They're shrinking more and more. They isolate more and more. I don't know about you. I have faith, but I surely want your plus mine. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I feel much, much better when yours is, because the Bible says that two is better than one, and we're more than two here. Because when I see what God is doing to you by you, the faith that you have in him, it encourages me more to seek God. It encourages me more. Because if there's anything that you and I can, can do is perseverance, no matter what. I, don't, I, I have to tell you this. I don't think any virus will stop me from coming to church or from serving God. I, I'm, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen because why? We know the enemy will use any tactic, anything that he can use as a weapon to push people away. And to me, when those things happening, I need to come closer to the believers. I need to know what God is doing in your life. I need that. Because I can pray in my own home seeking God, but I don't know what he's doing in your life. When I get to hear that, I'm like, okay, that's good. If he does that for you this week, maybe I'm next week. You see that? In James... Chapter 1, verse 2 and 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trial of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith produce perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Now, <laughs> your faith somehow... The news for you, your faith is going to be tested. That's, that's for sure. That's your faith going to be tested. The enemy is not going to look at you who profess to be a Christian and leave you alone because you claim to be a Christian. He's going to test you. And the sad thing is you have to pass the test. If you don't pass the test, guess what? You're going to redo it again. Because God knows that, you know, we're going to be tested. In fact, Jesus said that himself. In Matthew 5, verse 11 and 12, Jesus said, Bless you, bless are you when people insult you, persecute you, 
falsely say all kinds of things evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophet who were before you. Now, if Jesus says something, you better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. So, the first thing is have perseverance in the faith. The second thing is we need to meet together in the regular meeting. I don't, I don't know about you. Anything we have, a service or something, if, I, if, I, if I'm not sick, I'm going to be there. Because here's the thing. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. <laughs> We're meeting here right now. Do you know that God has a special blessing for you in this meeting? If you're not here, you missed it. <laughs> and you missed it because God is not going to give you the blessing of yesterday. That's not going to happen. He's going to give you the blessing of the day. That's why we need to meet together. Because the Bible tells us God has many children. <laughs> But I sure want to meet some of them down here instead of being shocked. When I meet, I'm like, oh my goodness, you got all these children, which I could have seen, but because I, you know, kind of seclude myself, I know very little. Because the, 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 the early church knows that pretty well. The early church knows that pretty well because they themselves face persecution. And this is what they do. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devote, not one person decided, they devoted themselves. They. Now, and I read that, I'm like, okay, they teaching, the fellowship, breaking of bread. What spiritual, uh, what kind of spiritual thing about breaking bread. I think when I'm eating, I'm, I'm more concerned having my belly full of food, you know? But somehow, the Bible knows it's important because when we believers get together, we're not only eating food to nourish our body, but we also talk. How many of you know that the same way you get to eat, to fill your, you know, belly, you also talk, which feed your spiritual soul? It's important. We spent time together. In, in, in verse 46, the same chapter to 46, 47, it says, Each day they continue to meet together in, in the temple court. They break bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere heart, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. For the Lord added to their numbers daily to those who were being saved. I think anytime there's church, people should come. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. This is really important because God created us as people to have not only fellowship with him, but also connect with each other. This is really important. And, and why I think is because a lot, we live in a time where people are, kind of like neglecting the meeting together. I mean, doing in a snowstorm, 
If Pastor Sandy said, you know, you, I think there's, there's, you know, probably 15 feet of snow. We're going to stay home and worship. I think it's a good thing because then I would have to shuffle. I mean, that would be like, oh, God, that's too much. You know, but, but if I can, I'm going to do my best to be here. Because I want to see your face and what God's in doing in your life. That's really important. It's really important. In Hebrew um, chapter 10, verse 25, it talks about not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Which is clear. We know that all this thing that's happening in the world is because the, the devil knows that Jesus is at the door. Jesus is near. So we need, as Jesus coming, the day of his return coming closer, we need to meet together more and more. Now, as we're getting ready to close here, um, if you don't mind, would you uh, please stand up and bow your head? with me because my hope this year is that your faith grows more and more and your love for other people increases more and more in the coming years and if you like me you know you want to be committed to to do just that to do just that because it's a good thing to have your faith grow and love for one another. And if you're committed to do that, please raise your hand. Thank you. And if you have not, if you're listening to this message today and you're not a believer and you have not received Jesus in your life, well, today is your day because Jesus died for you. And you can ask him to come into your life because he paid the price for your sin and he wants you to experience everything that God has for you. You know, not only forgiveness of sin and no life in him, all the promises and eternal life. And if you one has not accepted Christ and want that, you can raise your hand as well. Thank you. And if you want to make a commitment to persevere in your faith in the coming year, to meet together regularly because we don't know what 2022 will bring. But we know if we make a commitment to persevere and to meet together, that God will give you the strength to do that. If you want to do that, please raise your hand. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for your word today. Who called us as a church to uh, persevere in our faith, persevere for one another in the midst of trials and tribulation and persecution. Father God, I just pray today, Lord God, that you would help us, Father God, to not only seek your face daily, but also, God, to come to the meeting of other believers because we know, Lord God, that uh, you created us for this purpose. So that experience what you have for us personally, but also Corporately. God, we pray that you would help today to follow your ways, to obey your word and persevere in the midst of 
everything that could come their way, God. We just thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we know, Lord God, that in the 2022, Lord God, that you would bless your people with the faith that they need and the love that they need, Father. Everything that comes their way, Lord, we for who you are. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless your people far and beyond what they expect or think. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us by his grace and gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your heart and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And everybody say, Amen. Amen.